Welcome to Estate Planning Talks with Ben Humphreys, where we discuss estate planning issues happening in Hardin County and the surrounding areas. Hello, my name is Ben Humphreys, coming to you from Kentucky State Planning Law Center. And today we're going to talk about how to know if your simple will is good enough. And uh, we look at wills all the time. Um, clients come in and they've done wills recently or, you know, 10, 20 years ago. I've seen wills that are 40, 50 years old uh, that haven't been updated um, in, you know, 40 or 50 years. Uh, and regardless of whether it was done, you know, last month or last year or 40 years ago, you need to get the will out and take a look at it and make sure that it has um, a couple things um, that we're going to talk about today. The first thing is the easiest. Uh, we're going to look to see, you know, are, is the executor that you appointed, is that still who you want to be in charge of your estate? Uh, and also, do you have a backup appointed? Uh, so if the primary person you appointed is not living or no longer able to serve, um, then you got to have a backup. And if that person's still living and still able to serve, uh, but in my opinion, I would redo that will so that you get your backup moved up to your primary person, and then you get a new backup because you always got to have a primary uh, person to appoint it as your executor, but also a backup. And so that's the one thing that can change a lot over time is that the people you appoint to be in charge of your estate, your executor, uh, they may pass away, they may move away, uh, you may no longer be related to them, lots of things can happen. So make sure that your executor is um, in, in good shape and that's who you want. And then also make sure you've got a backup appointed just in case something happens to that primary person. The other thing you want to look at is um, making sure that uh, you look at who the beneficiaries are. And if it's your kids, you need to look at uh, do your kids have uh, kids of, their, of themselves, your grandkids, and, and are those grandkids under 18? And so, you know, a lot of times you do wills um, when your kids are little and they don't have kids, so you're not really worried about it. Or even when your kids are, you know, younger, you know, in their teenage years or 20s, they don't have kids of their own. And so you're not really worried about money getting to a, an underage grandchild. But as, you know, families grow and, and people get older and they start to have kids of their own, you now may have uh, minor grandchildren. So that's grandchildren who are under 18 years old. And what we like to point out is that if you die and your will says everything goes to my, and equal shares to my kids, and one of those kids happens to die in the wreck with you, or um, the kid uh, dies uh, from an illness or accident prior to you, and then you die, and they leave that minor grandkid, then that child's share is going to be going to these grandkids. And if they're under 18, you know, you really need to be concerned about that because um, an, a person who's under 18, one, they can't really handle money, so somebody's going to be handling that for them, and you need to make sure you know who that would be. And so that becomes really, really important if you don't really get along with your uh, your child's spouse or if your child's spouse uh, divorced them and is no longer related to them. And... Um, uh, or if they've got money issues of their own. Um, and so you may not trust the parent of your, the other parent of your grandchildren. So not your child, but their spouse. And so in that case, you would want to appoint uh, one of your other kids to be the uh, in charge of your, your grandkids' share. And you may want to say that your grandkids uh, don't get that money outright. So they may, they may get some of it 
uh, over time, but they don't get a big check until they hit an age that's greater than 18. So maybe it's 21, maybe it's 25 years old, maybe it's 30. And so you need to, to look at these issues and say, hey, are my grandkids old enough to handle money on their own? And if not, do, and, and even if they're over 18, are they mature enough to handle a big inheritance on their own? And if not, you know, you really need to get some language into your will that says, if my child dies before me and they leave, you know, kids that are under a certain age uh, as beneficiaries of that share, then we need to get some language in there that says that share is going to be held in a little uh, trust inside that will for them. And this is who I want to be in charge of that money. And that person can pay for their college. They can buy a car. They can buy a house. Lots of things. They can use the money lots of different ways. Um, but you don't just want to give all this money to an 18-year-old because they're going to go blow it uh, on a brand new fancy car um, or you know a boat or something like that, and it's going to be gone. And you know all this money you've worked so hard to 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 leave to your family is going to be gone because you haven't properly planned. And so take a look at your family. Look to see if you have minor grandkids. Look to see if you have grandkids who are mature enough, even if they're over 18. Look to see if they're mature enough to handle money at this time. If not, you know, if you have any of those situations going on, you need to insert some language into that will that says their share is going to go into a trust inside your will, and this is who's going to be charged of that money until a certain time when they get, get an outright distribution. That, that outright distribution may be 21, 25, 30, um, and so it's just up to you and what you think is reasonable because you know your family the best. You know, if you've got uh, a grandkid that's got a lot of spending issues, it has maybe a drug or alcohol issue, you do not need to leave them a bunch of money. You need to protect them and protect the, your money uh, and protect the family and, and put some language in there about what's going to happen if they should you know, inherit something from your estate. You know, the other thing that we also look at is any will, in my opinion, has to have language in it about potential disabled beneficiaries. So many people come to me and say, well, I don't have a disabled beneficiary. Why would, why would I want something about a disabled beneficiary in my will? Well, um, what happens is, is you may not revisit this will for a long time. And, and in fact, when you may not ever think about redoing your will. And in fact, you may get old and uh, you may lose the mental capacity to even change your will. And so in that situation, let's say you do a will now and you don't ever redo the will and then you get Alzheimer's or you get dementia or you get in a car wreck and you lose the ability to change your will. And then one of your beneficiaries, let's say one of your kids becomes disabled. They get in a wreck. They have cancer. They have Alzheimer's. They have Parkinson's, something. Um, then, um, you know, or they have some, some other sort of illness and they're unable to work, so they're on disability. And so when you die, if you're leaving money to this, this child who is now disabled and you haven't done the disabled beneficiary trust language inside your will, you are now putting your child's benefits at risk. You, your inheritance is going to knock them off of benefits. Um, you're, they're going to lose their medical insurance. They're going to lose their monthly income. And all the money that you've left to them is going to really cause a disruption in their life. And they're going to have to, to really burn through that money uh, because they're going to need it to live off of. And whereas what I recommend is that even in a basic will, you're adding language into the will that says, 
if I have a disabled beneficiary, then, then their share is going to go into this little trust and it's protected. It protects them, it protects their benefits, and that way the money now is more of a supplement. You know, it's just going to help them out. They don't have to burn through it as fast because they've got the government benefits, which are what they should have. And so uh, by doing this, you're protecting your child and your child's benefits. And again, some people may say, I don't really know if that's important because, again, I don't have disabled beneficiaries. And, and I tell them that we deal with the states, and it happens, you know, a couple times a year. People die, and they have disabled beneficiaries. And the problem is, is that you can't really fix it after you die. We can do a partial fix. We can do a partial fix that says uh, we go back into court, and the family has to pay us a bunch of attorney fees, and we go back into court, and we amend the will. We do an amendment that creates this trust, but it's a lot more expensive to do the amendment after the fact. And the amendment that we do to the will after your death doesn't really do as good a job of protecting the money because if you do it an amendment after you die to the will to add this language, then when that child dies, when the disabled child dies, the money now goes to the government, okay? Whereas if you had done this language in your will prior to your death, so if you'd done the pre-planning, not crisis planning, if you'd done pre-planning, got the trust language into your will prior to death, then when you died, if that disabled child passed away, the money that's in that disabled child's trust would now go to your other beneficiaries, would now go to your grandkids or your other kids. And so what I'm telling you is by simply adding in this language that, that you may or may not need, it protects you, it protects your kids, it protects your grandkids, it protects your other kids if you, uh, in fact, have a disabled beneficiary. And there's no reason not to have it. It doesn't cost any more to add it in there. Uh, and so I really caution people to look at these three things when they're, when they're pull out their old will. Is the executor right? Do I have any minor grandchildren? Or do I have any grandchildren that are bad with money right now? Would it be better for me to add some language in there that says they don't get a full distribution of, of my child's share until they hit a, an older age? And then finally, is there language in there that talks about disabled beneficiaries? And if you've got issues with any of those three things, then you need to get your will redone Get it done now before it's too late. We always say get your will done while you're vertical, not while you're horizontal. Do pre-planning as opposed to crisis planning. It saves you time, energy, uh, money, and it's, it's so much better for you. That's, thanks, that's it. So thanks so much. Ben Humphreys from Kentucky State Planning Law Center. Give us a call at 270-982-2883. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This podcast is not legal advice. If you have questions about your estate, you should contact a lawyer. Our firm conducts regularly scheduled workshops, and we invite you to register. To learn more, visit HumphreysLaw.org slash workshops.